my Fontina cheeses. Welcome to This Fucking Guy, a podcast about self-care, if self-care is one long scream into the void. Here is where we use expletives and alcohol to emotionally process the creeps, jerks, and p-words that compose the shitty elevator music of our lives. I am spiritually dabbing all the time. Ren Martinez. And I'm spiritually making a jerk-off motion all the time. Ginger Golub. Yeah, this is definitely not the medium to, like, no, do any physical gestures. <laughs> no, and I don't know why we both felt it necessary to do that as we were <laughs> as we were reading that. But, but you know, yeah, you, you, and of course, like, my dab is, like, I switch both sides, like, so, <laughs> really quickly. <laughs> that's, because, like, the kids do, because that's, you know, the kids in their Fortnite, right? <laughs> oh, my God. I have terribly exciting news, Ren. Oh, yes? For the first time in literal months, I'm recording with headphones that aren't sticky. <gasps> I'm so proud of you. I, it, Me and my poor baby hairs are very pleased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, sticky is generally not a, ver- a, a verb, an adjective you want described for most things, but definitely not like... Items that you put on your head. <laughs> and, it, and it's one of those things like, uh, poor IJ, DJ, whatever we're calling him these days, like, he didn't do anything to them to make them sticky. It's just there's a specific kind of plastic that degrades in such a way. Mm-mm. There's just an inherent sticky quality to it. <sighs> That's gross. Well, again, I'm glad that your your baby fine hair is no longer being weirdly pulled in multiple directions due to degrading plastic. <laughs> you know? It's the little things. The little things. Um, speaking of little things, is there anything that you need to scream into the void? Actually, it's not me, but it is your boyfriend, fiancé, husband, the domestic Jew. Yes. So, or the, in- right now, the domestic Jew. That's why we're gonna... DJ. DJ. Mm-hmm. So, for our listeners, they don't really know this, um... DJ actually happens to work with my mother. Um, I got him the job. <laughs> so, uh, you know, he can thank me anytime. Um, and has. So, usually in the Frequently. form of, usually in the form of baked goods, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, but most of me and DJ's conversations on, on text is usually he, <laughs> he will send me some text. With with complaints about my mother, and I should say my mother is an <laughs> utterly delightful person. She like, is, and he recognizes this. She is the sweetest, most compassionate, loving person you'll ever meet. Um, but that is not what DJ is complaining about. Um, so today I got at nine forty one a.m. I got a text message. Why is your mother a psycho? <laughs> and of course, my reply is. What is she eating now? Because <laughs> that is the thing. About 65% of these texts are, why does your mom eat soup so loud? <laughs> yes. My mother is a very loud soup eater. She apparently smacks her lips all the time, which is funny because so do I. I, del- I edit it out of all of our podcasts. So, you know, there's that. Um, 
So apparently the, the, the psychosis that, uh, my mother was exhibiting today was that she gave DJ a document to edit, to revise the colors that she picked to document the changes and to what, you know, what should be changed and what should mm-hmm. remain were green and red. Green for stop, get rid of this, and red <laughs> for keep this, it is good. <laughs> hey, Ren? Yes? Why is your mom such a psycho? <laughs> She's a monster. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so... <laughs> she also she's also on a diet kick, so poor DJ has been suffering through um just an eternity of hard boiled eggs in a shared <laughs> office. Which he rightly guessed was addressed in the Geneva Code. So, you know there is many things my mom is, but one of them is a war criminal that must be brought to justice. Yes. Just a a sweet, lovely grandmotherly war criminal. <laughs> As so many of our podcast subjects are, frankly. So, you know, and again, she is just a delightful person. She, um, I think it was last week. Um, I don't remember how we got on this topic, but my mom was suddenly like, you know, it's just so weird. You know, like, sometimes I really struggle with paying attention and like, you know, staying on task. And, you know, I wonder, you know, is that a thing that, you know, that you deal with? With your ADHD, I'm like, Mom, that's literally the definition. That's literally <laughs> what you have. You have given it to me. That is what has happened. She's like, well, should I get diagnosed? I'm like, you're 63 years old. I cannot why? decide this for you. <laughs> like, like, why? You've, you've gotten this far in your life. She was like, hmm. I don't know. That seems like a lot of effort. I'm like, Ma, you're going to retire in two years. Don't fucking worry about it. Like, no. let your brain be the be the full galaxy brain it can be. They're not going to fire her. <laughs> no, there's no there's no way she's going to get fired. She literally does everyone's job. Yeah, <laughs> she does everyone's job, um, and she is the font of all knowledge in that place. And you know, I mean, I kind of wish she would, you know, leave burn it to the ground. Quit. Burn it to the ground. I mean, this is the place that called her when we were on my niece's make-a-wish trip to Disney World. Because we were sure she was going to die in the next six months. And her boss called her to ask questions about whatever the fuck. And she was like, did you recall that I am on a make-a-wish trip for my dying niece? And he said, well, I gave you permission to go on that trip. Therefore, you have to answer all my calls. Fuck you! <laughs> Fuck you! Uh, and he will never listen to this fucking podcast. No. I don't give a shit. No, I don't think he, that he listens to women in any medium. <laughs> if I had to guess. I have, not, I have not met this terrible man. My and, and again, my mother is a sweet, compassionate lady who's always very, and also very conflict averse because she always wants to remind us, hey, He's not nearly as bad. His dad used to run the business, and he threw staplers at me. <laughs> oh, that's the bar, then. That's, that's the bar. That's the bar we have. Okay, cool. Cool, 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 cool. Um, I guess, yes, this is a massive improvement. <laughs> Whew. Whew. 
Oh, did I mention capitalism is the worst? Mm. <laughs> so, you know, I guess at the end of the day, obviously, DJ also is aware of the terrible staple son, um, son of stapler man. But, you know, his direct boss is just eating hard boiled eggs in front of him. It could be worse. Yeah. <laughs> there could be staplers involved. There could be staplers involved. <laughs> well, on that note, <laughs> you seem like a woman who needs some therapy. I do indeed. All right. Ginger, love of my life, married to what my mother calls a very nice young man, <laughs> very nice boy. Why won't you tell me about this fucking guy? So I, de I decided that this was going to be the Christmas episode because I'm not sure when this is going to go out. We have another one that we've recorded and not yet posted. So I'm guessing this is going to be like approximately week of Christmas or right before. Um... And in lieu of a formal Christmas episode about a Christmas topic, you covered the war on Christmas so beautifully last year. Mm -hmm. And I didn't, I, I didn't want to tread the old tired ground that is maybe it's cold outside for like a 200th time oh my God. or um, so many takes, so many hot takes that are no yeah. longer hot. Or remind everybody that like in the movie White Christmas, they do blackface in a musical number about Abraham Lincoln. Um, <laughs> So in lieu of a formal Christmas episode, I'm just doing the something that feels vaguely Christmassy to me. Mm -hmm. And and for me, when I think Christmas, I think medieval. So it's farther back in history than we have gone before. Okay. But, but I have been holding on to at least one of these, like, since we started the podcast. Um the second one is from the fabulous podcast Noble Blood gave me the idea. Link to that in the show notes. That's lovely and much better research. Um, but but to start us off, Ren, what's your favorite Christmas carol? Um, like old timey Christmas carol, or just a song that is sung around Christmas? I mean, because my favorite is probably Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas as sung by Judy Garland. It's just beautiful. It's classic. It's kind of sad. I don't know why I like it being sad, but I like it that it's a little sad. I, I like that, too. I like the minor chordy stuff. Yeah. Um, I tend to go for, like, the more... For, for, for somebody who is completely secular as I am, I tend to go for the, like, super religious ones with titles that sound like... Um, a Puritan has stubbed their toe. So like, mm. all holy Jesus, holy, holy, holy. Or like, uh, Lord of Christ Almighty. Uh, <laughs> Good King Wenceslas. Funny, you should mention that. Uh. Hey, what? <laughs> you, you've walked straight into my trap. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> did you know that he was a real guy? Good King Wenceslas. No. Yes, he was, he was, um, he was born Vaclav the first, uh, the, he was the Duke of Bohemia. So like, think Czech Republic. And oh, this was that's not what I was thinking. I was thinking like, rent. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, you know, like, la vie bohème. Oh, 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 oh. But it, no, bohemian just means like, from modern day 
Czech Republic, Slovakia area. Oh. That, that's just what Bohemia is. Sodomy is between God and me. <laughs> NSNM. Marijuana. La Bohem. Yes, my favorite Christmas song. <laughs> Rent is a Christmas film. <laughs> Technically, Technically, sort of. it is. Um, so I, I, I'm going to call him Wenceslas throughout this thing, even though, like, the original name was something like Vaclav, but it, it had so many diphthongs and stuff over it that I'm not confident I'm pronouncing it correctly. So we'll go Wenceslas, which okay. is the anglicized version. Um, he was born way back in the 10th century. So we're talking like 900, 900 AD. Um, he was born around 910, 910 AD. Uh, his father was a Christian and his mother, Drahomira, we don't need to know the father's name. He dies immediately. The mother, <laughs> his mother, Drahomira, was the daughter of a pagan tribal leader, but she converted to Christianity when she got married. First of all, she sounds badass. Like the name, daughter of a pagan tribal leader, like it just set up to be really cool. You're making a face, so I'm guessing less cool. Wenceslas's dad died when he was about 13, and his paternal grandmother, Ludmilla of Bohemia, took over as regent until Wenceslas could, like, grow up and finish school and shit. Um, she basically raised him and left Drahomira to raise Wenceslas's younger brother, Boleslav the Cruel. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Maybe, maybe it's one of those ironic nicknames. I'm sure, he, I'm sure it's not going to come up again, right? Was he called the cruel when he was, like, six? <laughs> like, this little child being, like, taught by his mom is like, yes, the cruel. Ludmilla, so the grandmother, was Christian as fuck. She had been converted along with her husband, like, years prior, and she wanted to pass that shit down to her grandson. Now, Drahomira, the mom, didn't like... That this grandmother was not only raising her son, but doing it in the super Christian tradition. Because she's like pagan from birth. She had to convert to marry this person. Nah. Um, and she was also acting as the regent. So she had basically just usurped everything as soon as Wenceslas' dad died. I have never heard a tale about a, a daughter-in-law and her mother-in-law hating each other. This is completely without precedent. Yeah. But, I mean, she did the mature thing. She sat Ludmilla down and had a long, thoughtful talk with her where they just aired their feelings and they came to a much deeper understanding together. Or? Or, uh, in actuality, she had assassins strangle Ludmilla to death with her own veil. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> That's some Game of Thrones shit right there. Yeah. Um, fun fact, Ludmilla was seen as a martyr for this and was literally canonized and became a saint just several years after her death. I mean, why not? Like, the Catholic Church made everyone a fucking saint back in the day. I am not kidding. I think she is literally the patron saint of Vales. Okay, I had to look that shit up because that sounds okay. like some fucking ironic shit the Catholic mm -hmm. Church would have done. All right, the patron saint Ludmilla? L-U-D-M-I-L-A. Um, <clears throat> let's see. She she is definitely, she's the patron saint 
Considered to be a patron saint of Bohemia, converts, Czech Republic, duchesses, problems with in-laws, and <laughs> widows. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's got problems with veils. Got problems with your in-laws? Pray to Ludmilla. She was strangled by her daughter-in-law. <laughs> She'll have a lot of advice for you. Stay away she- from veils. Hey, hey, hey. The daughter-in-law had people strangle her. She didn't oh, strangle her herself. Sorry, sorry, sorry. There's a, there's a couple degrees of separation in the murder plot. So once Ludmilla was dead, uh, Drahomira assumed the role of regent because apparently you can do a murder and still act as the regent, I guess. I in- mean, it's 910. Like, yeah, no they rules literally just right. shit in the same bowls they eat out of. Um, she apparently initiated measures against the Christians because I guess she didn't like having to convert for marriage when she also had no say in who she was marrying because women were seen as property with no rights. And also she was a literal child at the time she got married. Um, or maybe, grr, she was a mean pagan. Who knows? Hmm. Hmm. One of hmm. these is clearly the truth. Yeah. And I'm guessing... It's the fact that she was a mean pagan. Uh, grr. So when Wenceslas was 18, um, the Christian nobles of Bohemia rebelled against Drahomira. They made Wenceslas Duke again, I guess. Um, I, I didn't know that he stopped being Duke. I didn't know. I, I don't know what the fuck that was. But she, they put him like back in the dukedom. Um, and his mother was exiled. Although he brought her back to court after about three years because he was young and very stupid. Well, that's his mama. He's his mama. I mean... She didn't strangle him. No, she didn't strangle him. She just, he just, she just blew up his bride in a church with a dragon lady. I don't know. I didn't actually see the Game of Thrones TV show. (laughs) So, um, Wenceslas looked at his younger brother, Boleslav the Cruel at this point. And what, <laughs> and what, you know, just in case that nickname is not supposed to be ironic, I am going to give him a bunch of land so he can fuck off and do his own thing. Mm. I can't find a whole lot concrete about what Wenceslas did as Duke, except that he submitted to a Saxon king and agreed to pay tithes, with, which pissed some people off, and he tried to spread Christianity around Bohemia. Um, the only interesting was that apparently he took a vow of virginity, which, okay, that's not usually what people in, uh, the 900s and, uh, not, I mean, obviously I can't know this for certain, but there is something to be said about a lot of those folks, Mm -hmm. those dudes making vows of chastity at this time weren't necessarily, uh, trying to be chaste. But, like, fuck other dudes. <laughs> Good King Wenceslas, queer icon. <laughs> um, so, they're going along in September 1935, so he's, like, 25 at this point. Boleslav the Cruel invited Wenceslas to a Saint's Day feast. There... Three of Boleslav's buddies attacked Wenceslas with knives, and Boleslav literally ran him through with a fucking lance. Okay, okay. I'm beginning to think that the nickname was not ironic. Some sibling rivalry, alright. So, 
you know, maybe there needs to be a patron saint of siblings that, you know, was decapitated by their brother to say, <laughs> hey, man, that's rough. Yeah, 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 yep, 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 yep. Um, here's another fun fact. One of Boleslav's sons was born on the day of Wenceslas's death, and because of the fucked up circumstances around his birth, they named the baby Strachkvas, which means a dreadful feast. What the fuck? Hey, Dad. Can you tell me how I got my name and whatever happened to my uncle? Like, you you could have named him Fred or something. <laughs> like, you didn't have to name him, like... Dreadful. I've named my son that terrible day that I stabbed my brother to death with a lance. <laughs> my son's name, to commemorate this, is Stabby McStabstab. Yeah. Um, Boleslaus apparently felt real bad about the murder and promised to have his son educated as a clergyman and devoted his life to religion. Like his grandmother, Wenceslas was venerated as a saint almost immediately after his death. Posthumous biographies asserted that every night he would walk barefoot through the kingdom, giving money to the poor. Yeah, I don't believe that. Yeah, I don't either. Um, but who knows? Uh, it's also weird to think about the fact that he was only 25 when he died. Cause I, like, I hear the Christmas Carol and I think of this old Santa guy. Yeah. No, you definitely think of some, like, older bearded man, like, looking out on his huge mm. tracts of land. But it, it, it was the 10th century, so 25 was probably, like, middle-aged to elderly. That's true. Mm. I'm pretty sure people who got to 30 were, like, real excited to do so. Before all their teeth fell out. <laughs> uh, yeah. Before they got put on ice flows and just sent out to sea. Although Wenceslas was only a duke during his lifetime, Holy Roman Emperor Otto I posthumously um, made him a king, which is why he's referred to as king in legend and song. Because I guess you can fucking do that if you're the Holy Roman Empire. Empire? <laughs> Emperor. Okay, I want to be posthumously made a king. Like, <sighs> that sounds rad as hell. King Reverend Martinez. <laughs> Um, the St. Wenceslas hymn, which I think is different from Good King Wenceslas, but it remains extremely important in the Czech Republic and was considered, uh, it, they almost made it their national anthem when they became Czechoslovakia in like 1918, which was mildly interesting. So that's, that's the gruesome history behind Good King Wenceslas. The reason that this even came onto my radar. I was about to see, like, the story of Ki Good King Wenceslas ended very quickly. Ended with yes. murder. In, like, five minutes. Yes. This is why we're doing two stories. There wasn't enough to make that its own thing. But the reason it came onto my radar, and one of the things that I really wanted to do where I started this, was because I was fucking doing genealogy research. And guess which motherfucker is, like, my 36th great-grandfather? Borislav the Cruel? It's not the one that took the virginity pact. <laughs> So that's Oh, you're related to Stabby McStabstab. Stabby McStabstab. So that's that's a thing. That was That's awesome. Fun. I recorded a version last year of me trying to um tell 
my parents and DJ the story for the first time over Christmas dinner last year and accidentally put my phone that was recording under my plate so the entire thing is fork sounds. And it's <laughs> it, it's the, sonically the worst thing I've ever done, and we couldn't release it. But I wanted to, you know... That's Put it in something. Super cool. I don't know anything about my genealogy, but I imagine just the way that humans work is that you know you look up your family tree and you're gonna find a, a couple murderers in there. Like I feel like that's mm-hmm. just the way humanity works. The one I don't know that there even is enough to do one on this dude, but there was this this dude that I'm descended from who fought in the Crusades, and his nickname was the Moor Eater. Oof. Woof. Yeah, because of some war crimes he did. Yeah, no, it reminds me, the genealogy stuff always reminds me of, uh, there's a particular, there was a show, like, on history that was called, like, Roots or something. It's mm-hmm. about celebrities who go on and get their, like, ancestry done. Yeah. And they're like, oh, you were related to this super cool person. And the best one is Anderson Cooper. And they're like, yeah, you were related to this dude, like, Bill Bailey, who was a plantation owner or like like a farm owner in like the 1850s, and he owned a bunch of slaves, and one of them beat him to death with a hoe. He's like, "Wow, really?" He's like, "Yeah, yeah." You think he deserved it? And Anderson Cooper goes, "Yeah, he did. Fuck yeah, he did. <laughs> Definitely deserved me beating to death with a hoe." And that is true allyship there. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Oh, bless. Woke Anderson Cooper. All slave owners. Beat them with hoes. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the kind of shit you find out. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, I, like, I didn't do genealogy because I wanted to, like, be one of those, mm, I'm trying to get into Daughters of the American Revolution Bleh. kind of thing. I probably have a fucking case for it, like, honestly, because they got over here and they just... Never left. They stayed. <laughs> and then they did a bunch of horrific shit and, like, deserved to be beaten to death with hose. And, um, but, like, you find the one bastard child of a king and you can connect to everything. You can connect mm-hmm. to the rest of the world because that shit's documented. That shit's actually documented. And But I also love how you say one bastard child of a king. Because if there's anything Game of Thrones has taught me, there are fucking <laughs> bastard children all over the fucking place. Yes, like, but you kings find the- be fucking everybody. Except for apparently Wenceslas, who was like, no, 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 no. I ain't fucking nothing. But like, everyone else. Well, the the reason that one branch of my family came to the United States, like, right, like, in the 1600s, in the early 1600s, was because th- this fucking daughter of one of the Stuart kings of England, or Scotland, fucking Janet, who was, <laughs> a, a, he, who was supposed to be really beautiful, fucking but I, like, Janet. looked at a portrait of her and she looks just like Eddie Izzard, and... <laughs> Um, so, but it was she probably ap- beautiful back then. Did she have teeth? Because hard to know. tell, they're all closed mouth. But she apparently had an affair and like had a child out of wedlock with the king of France. And her dad was Get like, it, Janet, oh, no, 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 she's a problem. And like put her on a boat, got her married, sent her to the States. Oh, man. You know, I wouldn't mind if, like, if, 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 you know, back in my wild days, if, like, my parents caught me 
fucking an ill-advised suitor. And they were like, we're just going to put you on a cruise. And I'm like, all right, cool. (laughs) (laughs) I think we should bring that back. Like, your parents find you fucking somebody, you know, whose name is, like, Bradley and, like, plays acoustic guitar in the middle of campus. Their Uh, response is, clearly, you need to get over Bradley. Here's a cruise for singles. (laughs) We'll see you in a couple weeks. Hopefully, you'll have this douchebag out of your system by then. So, so I've got, I've got a second tale of, um, Christmas carnage for you. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and just put a little content warning for violence and let's call it body horror. Um, I love how you put the violent content warning after Stabby McStabstab stabbed his virgin brother. And and after the daughter-in-law strangled her mother, well, had other people had other strangle people. her mother-in-law with a scarf or whatever. And I mean, fair. But in my <laughs> defense, I forgot. <laughs> so just copy-paste this, put it at the top of the episode, whatever you fucking have to, I don't know, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, but I want to hear more murder now. Ginger's family is all about murder. This is not my family. This is something that was a a small part of a Noble Blood episode that I heard, and I went, excuse me, what the fuck? Um, This is going in a podcast right now, right now. So, uh, we're going to be talking about the Bal des Ardans. Do you speak French? No. Good. So, (laughs) picture it. Paris. Hmm. 1393. Mm. Charles VI was the king of France. Um, he became king when he was 12, much like Wenceslas. Everything goes together. Um, so he was basically king in name only for many years. He had various and sundry uncles that were basically ruling by committee in his place. And when he was like 20, he said, I don't want my uncles ruling in place of me. I want the marmosets ruling in place of me. Now, I'm I'm sorry. Marmoset? Now, when I read this, did I visualize a cadre of little itty bitty monkeys? Yes, I did. I thought marmosets were weasels. Was I disappointed when I found out that the marmosets (laughs) were what Charles's father's advisors were called? (laughs) Yes, I was. Well, I continue to visualize France being ruled by a bunch of little, literal marmosets instead. Yes, absolutely. Please do. Please do a Google search for this. You are right. Marmosets are monkeys. I always thought they were like weasel type things. No, they're like little bitty uh, monkey lemur things. Huh. With very earnest faces. I mean, I, I mean, I love like this ear hair going on. It's yes. like, it's very good. I guess maybe it's marmots. Yeah. A marmot is a, a marmot is a weasel. Is a weasel. A marmoset <laughs> is a little monkey or one of Charles V's advisors. Just so you know, apparently in, uh, July of this year, According to Food Safety News, a Mongolian teen died from the bubonic plague after consuming marmot meat. I just felt you needed to know that. Continue. <laughs> Marmots. Not even once. <laughs> uh, 
So, so all right. So a bunch of monkeys okay. are, are running the country. Bunch of mon- monkeys are running the country. Charles VI is like 20. Um, Charles was probably schizophrenic, historians think. He would have these long spells of basically being catatonic and other spells of being, for really lack of a better word, homicidal. During one of these episodes, he accused members of his household, including his brother Louis I, the Duke of Orléans, who I'm just going to call Louis because fuck the rest of it, um, of being traitors and straight up stabbed four men to death, not including his brother, before his, like... Chamberlain assistant dude pulled him off of the men and then he fell into a coma for like six fucking months. So he stabbed a bunch of dudes and then a bunch of monkeys latched themselves on and then he passed out and went to sleep and took a nap. A murder nap. I think that is verbatim what I said, yes. (laughs) (laughs) And I want to be clear. I don't say this to make fun of him and this isn't some wacky tale about someone who is mentally ill. It is just that that piece is worthwhile context. Yeah. Um, and historically, people thought that either God was angry at him or sorcerers. Yeah, it's usually, usually some form of possessed witchcraft, possessed witchcraft. God hates you. Yeah. 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 So anyway, his wife, Isabeau of Bavaria... Which is a name we should be bringing back. <laughs> Isabeau. Isabeau. Um, but when, um, when Charles was acutely ill, he wouldn't recognize her, which is not great. Um, and she wanted him to get better and not literally forget who she was. So she took every opportunity to pep him up and make everyday things a celebration. Case in point. On January 28th, 1393, Isabeau held a masquerade at the Hotel Saint-Paul, which is not a hotel, but is a royal residence. Why am I still doing this voice? Masquerade, people faces on parade, masquerade. It wouldn't be an episode if I didn't randomly burst into song. I just it want you to be. know that. It just wouldn't be. Um, but th- this wasn't an eyes wide shut masquerade with like dainty little masks and shit. Um... The whole thing was to celebrate the third marriage of her lady-in-waiting. And apparently, when widows get remarried, it was tradition for shit to get so weird. (laughs) Sounds like the Middle Ages. So fucking weird. Specifically, it was seen as an occasion for mockery and tomfoolery. You can tell that I cut and pasted this because it says tomfoolery. Often celebrated with a shivari. Characterized by, quote, all sorts of license, disguises, disorders, and loud blaring of discordant music and clanging of cymbals. So it's a house party. It, it, it's somewhere between a house party and that scene in The Hunchback of Notre Dame where they do the Feast of Fools. Oh. Yes. Yes. Yeah, it's def- it's like a, it's like a freshman year Halloween house party. Everyone's dressed yeah. up. People are fucking in the bathroom. Like you don't mm-hmm. know what's in that. You, you don't know what's in that bucket full of purple juice, but you yes. know you're going to drink it. So, so they already knew. Like this, this is a widow's third marriage. Shit's got to get weird. This one fucking dum dum named 
I'm going to do my best here. Huguette de Guizzi? <laughs> Gesundheit. Yeah. Uh, so, but, but he said to the queen, hey, what if we got six guys to dress up as wood savages and dance around? Because what is a party without wood savages? What does that mean? What does that I mean th- in a medieval context? Because I imagine it means something racist or anti-Christian. Or not anti-Christian, anti-pagan. So, kind of both. Um, okay. Or anti-Semitic. It's one of the three. God, all of them. <laughs> um, so, so I had left basically all of this out of the script because I, I did not think you would find it interesting, honestly. But, it, it, like, basically the whole wood savages thing was they were supposed to look vaguely demonic and, like, dancing around was supposed to sort of be a little naughty, but also, like, ward the spirits off. Um hmm Yes. It, it, it was one of those, like, really contradictory Middle Ages practice. It doesn't make any fucking sense. Like, no version of this makes any fucking sense. So it's like, we will ward away spirits yeah. by dressing up as demons and pretending to be spirits or something. Basically. But you didn't think that I was gonna just say wood savages and pass that by without d- explaining in vivid detail these costumes. Yes, please. Okay. So this is, first of all, remember, this is 1393, so they couldn't go to ye olde spirit Halloween. Mm-hmm. Um, so these costumes, first of all, were sewn onto the men. They were made of linen, soaked with resin or tar, which was then covered in dry flax and other plant fibers so they would look hairy head to toe. And then they wore masks that were made of the same thing. And then, according to some accounts, they may have been bound together by chains. And I'm sorry, they did this, they volunteered? They volunteered to do this? Or was this punishment? No, they volunteered to do this. This was like... Considered to be like the height of noble teehees, <laughs> you know, noble teehees. Like it is certainly a costuming choice, not one that I would have made, but like, I mean, that sounds like all of those like bad secrets you learn about Hollywood, where like someone's fucking cat suit was so tight that like not only did they have camel toe, you had to sew them in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That fucking shit. Yeah, the Tin Man was made out of asbestos. Right. Like, I don't want to be sewn into anything. No. There is no garment in the history of garments that I want to be sewn into. No. No thank you, Ixnay. No. Uh, so, what most people didn't know, and, the, and this really speaks to the fact that this was a choice that these fucking idiots made, um, Charles himself, the king himself, wasn't content just to watch this weirdness. He wanted to be where the wood savages are. <laughs> he wanna do wanna do some dancing, strolling around in those what do you call them? Flammable hell suits. Oh no I can I can I'm getting a sense where this goes horribly wrong. So so they're partying, they're dancing, they're being Really problematic, but it was, it was the 14th century, so we're frankly lucky it wasn't worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were dancing, yelling obscenities, um, and, and they, like, the, the objective of this was to get people to guess who they were. 
who mm-hmm. was under the mask. And they, they actually knew that these were flammable hell suits, so they didn't allow any torches into the room while they were dancing. Like, obviously. Obviously. Basic. Rule one. In theory. Ren. Mm-hmm. Do you remember Louis the King's brother? Oh, the one where he, yeah, the, the guy that, um, he was like stabbing through a whole crowd to get to stab him. Yeah, basically. Um, well, Louis was shit-faced, and to be fair, if my brother was the king and murdered a bunch of people in front of me and tried to kill me and then invited me to a party, I might pregame too. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not casting any aspersions when I say this, but he was shit-faced, and he was late to the party. Um, so he came in to see, what's all this fuss? And, oh, look, he brought his torch. All of this is disputed, of course, but I think that the most accepted version is that he kind of stumbled in with his torch and was like, who is this particular hairy motherfucker? And leaned way the fuck in, and some torch sparks hit a costume, and everything went up in flames. Although another account that I much prefer says that he just straight up threw a torch at a guy. Ooh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and remember, these guys are sewed into dry linen soaked with fire fuel coated in dried plants. (laughs) And they are maybe chained together. Um, So now, uh, either Charles had wandered off to talk to his 15-year-old Aunt Joan DeBerry, which... I don't know why it's weird to me that he has a 15-year-old aunt, but it's it's weird to me. I, look, I know that some people have aunts and uncles that are younger than them. That is just something that is very weird to me. It um, is very weird. Uh, that's like, there's a scene in, um, what the fuck? You Got Mail? The seminal <laughs> romance you comedy know, classic. You Got Mail? Where uh, he meets... Meg Ryan and he's with two children and he's she's like oh are these your kids he's like no and like the little girl's like I'm his aunt she's like oh of course he's like no really I'm his aunt the girl's like eight and then then she looks at like the seven-year-old boy and she's like oh I'm guessing you're something she goes no I'm his brother he <laughs> goes yeah the boy is the son of my father and the girl is the Daughter of my grandfather. We're the all-American family. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gross. <I> can- <laughs> so. Where the fuck was I? Charles had just wanted to go talk to his, um, his his child aunt. Yes, his child aunt. Um, After his brother lobbed a flamethrower. <laughs> so, so he either wandered off to talk to her or, in a version that I like much better, she recognized him and was like, Oh, fuck, and, like, pulled him out of there and covered him with her cloak because he was the only dude who came out of this literally unscathed. Like, hero of the story, 15-year-old Aunt Joan. Hell yeah, Aunt Joanie. Go, Aunt Joan. Um, the event was chronicled in uncharacteristic vividness by the monk of Saint-Denis, who wrote that, quote, Four men were burned alive, their flaming genitals dropping to the floor, releasing a stream of blood. (laughs) That's what! (laughs) A 
okay, can I just say, monks are the most, like, fucking perverted people on the planet. Because they love that shit. They love recording the most disgusting <laughs> violence in excruciatingly <laughs> sexual detail. Fucking deviants. So, so two of the dancers survived. There was the king, thanks to uh, thanks to hear of the story and Joan, and another guy who jumped into an open vat of wine and then just stayed there until the whole thing was over. Which is quick thinking, and also a great metaphor for this year. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's on fire. Time to jump, jump into, into a, a vat, vat of wine. Of wine. <laughs> Um, notably, you will remember this guy, Huguette Digweezy. Oh, right. Yeah, the guy whose name I can't pronounce, um, who was the one who had this terrible idea in the first place. He survived for three days after this, apparently cursing and insulting his fellow dancers, the dead and the living, until his last hour. Petty, petty, petty man. Petty man. The public rightly thought that this was fucked up. Just the whole scenario, not this particular dude, like, like yelling at dead people until he himself was dead. But yeah, they're like, this whole situation, very fucked up. Um, and the king and the marmosets and Louis had to do this whole apology tour where they like literally marched through Paris looking sad. Like it was a very literal apology tour. Um, most people then and now just directly blamed Louis for all of it. His reputation suffered as a result, but it also didn't help that he um, got into this thing a few years earlier where he was accused of sorcery after hiring an apostate monk to imbue a ring, dagger, and sword with demonic magic. Like you do. Like you do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. now you get that on Etsy, but... Um... <laughs> Back then, you, you had to, you had to go to the monk yourself, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, support your local merchants is what I always say. Yeah, support your local apostate monks. <laughs> <laughs> People, of course, insisted that Louis was a sorcerer and was trying to kill the king, and that's how all of this started. Um, as you might imagine. This did not do anything good for the king's mental health, and he basically lapsed into unshakable madness and left the ruling to his marmosets from then on. One of Charles' cousins had Louis assassinated in 1407 because of vice, corruption, sorcery, and a long list of public and private villainies. I want to know about these private villains. I know. I well, one of them was allegedly that he was fucking the queen. Um, allegedly, mm -hmm. alleged. Poor Isabeau. I hate that she was dragged into this, and she was dragged into it, and like very indirectly, um, ended up in prison because of it because she was allegedly fucking this guy, and she had to make a big deal about the fact that she wasn't fucking this guy, and that got her into trouble. It was a whole thing, but. Uh, yeah, then a decades-long civil war erupted because of people who supported dead Louis and people who supported assassination cousin. And that's how the French court got fucked up and got a reputation for lax morals and decadence that lasted more than 200 years. Merry Christmas. I think it lasted for longer than 200 years. I mean, yes, even if technically the revolution happened, like, 
Yeah, I mean, I guess this was the 1300s, and it definitely lasted until they beheaded Marie Antoinette in the 1700s, so, yeah. Yeah, uh, wow. Um, uh, I think Private Villainy is going to be um, an album for mm-hmm. my uh, indie band, whatever that indie band's name is now. Private Villainies. Private Villainies. I think it's a... It's definitely like a confe- It's definitely a confessional rap album. That is yeah. definitely what it's called. Um, yeah. Wow, being burned alive in in a flammable death suit is not the way I'd like to go. So you know, mark that off the list. I mean, I'm just hoping that like I have before done an episode that we were like, we can't fucking publish this. This has to live only on Patreon. I'm hoping this isn't that. No, I'm hoping no, this no, no, isn't. No, 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 this is. I am not. I am not looking at the end of this episode, haunted, <laughs> staring into the darkness of humanity, wondering where everything went wrong. I'm just like, man, the Middle Ages was up to some shit, man. The Middle Ages was up to so much shit. Everybody done wanting to be killing their brothers. Mm-hmm. Um. There was so much stabbing, both intentional and inadvertent. It really does put a whole new spin on the idea of sibling rivalry. Like, sibling stabbery is really much more along the lines of what happened back then. You're an only child, so I'm sure Yes, I am. (laughs) I'm sure you're like, thank fuck for that. I think that that's why I did it. Because I think that I was looking at these and just going like, man, I do not understand any of these dynamics. (laughs) It's fascinating, but I don't understand fucking any of it. But I'm here for it. I have never actually stabbed any of my siblings. I have definitely been mad enough to consider stabbing my siblings, but have never actually gone through it. I mean, pulled their hair, certainly. Um, So I certainly understand the stabby McStabby urges of these these middle middle age uh, siblings. Not the setting on fire, though. I will say that's a strong line. I have no desire to set anybody on fire, except except for Stephen Miller. But that's because that's the only method that will kill him. Yeah, (laughs) not not silver bullets. Not not a stake through his. Oh no, that evil has so congealed in there. Only fire will cleanse. Only fire will cleanse. Right. This. Hey, listeners, this is not an endorsement for setting Stephen Miller on fire. This is a comedy podcast. <laughs> you do that, please do not point at us. We were kidding. I mean, you can tag us. We will we'll want to know. But, like, this is a comedy podcast. Anyway. Anyway. Uh- <laughs> you know what? In lieu of murder, let's Let's get to a self-care plan that probably does not include murder. So, in keeping with the theme that this is our theoretical Christmas episode, because what other the fuck reason would we have to publish this? Yeah. Um, we're going to give you some some self-care tips for this particular 2020 Christmas. Mm. First and foremost, if you don't have to travel... Fucking don't. There is germs out there, people. Public restrooms are a high-risk environment, and people don't goddamn realize this when they are driving across several states and go like, oh, well, I'm not licking the gas station attendant, I'm fine. Speak for yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Just try to be cautious with that shit. Second, 
if you do decide you have to go to a family member's house, first of all, pick your least dumb family. Pick your least dumb family that you know has been wearing goddamn masks. Go go visit them. Mm. Go visit them instead of like, you know, the not to call anyone out, but the Floridians licking gas station attendants. Oh no. Um Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Uh <laughs> and before you go and visit, maybe maybe just consider going to one of those rapid testing sites, just to make sure you're good. And not only that, ask them to go to a rapid testing site to make sure they're good, just so you're all good. good. And nobody has to worry about getting coronavirus and dying over fruitcake. Instead, stab your relatives over fruitcake. Like the Christmas tradition of good King Wenceslas, who looked out on this feast of something, and was stabbed. On the feast of Stephen, which is actually Boxing Day, which is the day after Christmas, which is my Christmas tie-in. Oh, I just know Good King Wenceslas looked out on the feast of Stephen. He was stabbed by his brother. I looked at the full thing of lyrics um, last night to see if there was any tie-in A to the murder or B to anything he actually did as Duke. And there's not. It's just the king and his squire just seeing a poor guy and being like, we're going to bring him a casserole and then walking through a snowstorm to bring this poor guy a casserole. That is the entire song. It's like vaguely heartwarming, but... I just know that, again, I'm not Catholic anymore, but, like, maybe I would have remained Catholic if I knew that if I was stabbed by one of my sisters with a Hello Kitty pen, I would immediately become a saint. Yes. Just saying. Yes. Also, I have two saints in my family. Minimum. Minimum. Look at you. The the Holy Ginger. The Holy Ginger. Blessed by her bloodline. The Holy Gingy and Reverend Martinez <laughs> wish you a very Merry Christmas, Candle Nights, Hanukkah, Kwanzaa, Solstice, Dwali, general Happy Holidays to you all. Well, in the spirit of the season of murder, I think that will be all for us this week, folks. If you like what you're hearing, and if you do, I strongly suggest getting some therapy. You should also check us out on thisfnguypod.com or on Twitter at thisfnguypod or donate to our Patreon at patreon.com slash thisfnguypod. Facebook is also a thing now, so join us there. And if you found us through Facebook, hello. Hello. Um, I also wanted to, for this holiday season, extend um, an offer. If you want to leave us a review on iTunes, that really helps us out. And if you um, leave us a kind review, uh, we will uh, perhaps read your name on the air. And yeah, have a we'll give thank you all a shout section. out. So, um, as always, I'm Ginger Golub. I am Ren Martinez. Here's a bonus self-care tip. If your 70-year-old father gets his first new cell phone in 20 years, you should go with him to the Verizon store because there will be a lot of questions. I'm going through some stuff. (laughs) Hey, that's why we get therapy. And, as always, don't be this fucking guy. Peace. This fucking...